Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor with Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Justin Thomas, sports editor for our Denton County Papers, as well as Taylor Raglan, who does sports for Plano, Allen, and Lake Cities. And gentlemen, let's uh, let's pull two more entries from our ongoing summer question series and uh, just find two uh, two more angles to attack the uh, the upcoming high school sports year. Uh, today, the uh, the first question, a kind of a more broad topic, but uh, we're going to discuss the uh, the impact of travel on um, on our relative on our respective athletic districts um, obviously it's it's all fun to sit here and you know project the different matchups and talk about the different sports and teams but at the end of the day you know you still got to get to these games on Tuesdays and Fridays and you know with realignment whether you had teams that were added to a district subtracted I mean that can you know kind of uh, impact the uh, just the uh, the balance of a district from a travel standpoint and just um, so yeah we're gonna kind of discuss just the ins and outs from a uh, you know from a logistics standpoint regarding travel for some of our districts and just what to uh, what to anticipate there for the upcoming school year. Um, you know, Taylor, um, kind of starting with the district like uh, you know like Lake Dallas, you know, right. Lake Dallas, Little Elm, and the Colony. I mean, three schools that were in a district that was much more you know metroplex centric, mm-hmm. and now they have to scoot over a little bit further west to accommodate more some more of the right. the Denton ISD schools. But from a travel standpoint, how do you feel like District Eight Five A kind of worked out for the uh, for those three schools? Well, I did a very uh, scientific study with Google Maps, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> Starting at basically the the district sets up if you were to travel to every school kind of like a horseshoe. Um, starting at the colony and ending up west at northwest. If you go around to every program, uh, barring any slowdowns, you know travel time would be under two hours to literally drive by every single mm-hmm. school. So, in my estimation, that makes it pretty decent travel-wise, at least compared to some of the crazier districts in the state where teams are traveling hours and hours and hours to go play um, a district opponent. So my view on 85A as far as travel you know, goes is, is that the UIL pretty much got this one right. Yeah. I think all those schools are, are uh, relatively close. They make geographic sense. Uh, the Colony and Northwest are little outliers uh, just to the south, but not by much. Um, and it all just kind of centers around a little bit of a, a central point kind of between, you know, the Colony and, and Denton and Northwest with, you know, Little Elm, Lake Dallas, uh, kind of above the Colony. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, looking at it, travel really shouldn't make too much of an impact on, yeah. on the district. It's just that Northwest drive. You're going to yeah. some brutal traffic and yeah. shower. That's probably the one. Game there on the the Colony team's going all the way over to Northwest probably be the one that's that's a beating, but... Other than that, I mean, even that drive comparatively, when you look at some of the the crazier geographic districts in the state, isn't that bad. So I don't think any team will really have much of a, not that they would make an excuse for travel, but there really isn't much there as far as it impacting teams and games and how things play out. I mean, everybody's got to go everywhere for, for different sports, but it's... I think it's pretty minimal, and I think that the UIL, geographically at least, got this district pretty pretty solid. And then regionally, so, um, some of the teams are in Region 1 after yeah. previously being in Region yeah. 2, but that's not shouldn't make too big of a difference for the kind of the postseason events and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I know a lot of the Region 2 stuff is here in the Metroplex, but right. same, with, same with Region 1, and especially in 5A. I think. Yeah. Mm. I mean, anytime you're making regionals, you're kind of expecting to 
to have a little bit more of a drive. You yeah. get lucky, you get in the region where you go to Arlington or, or yeah. Garland or wherever around here that, that you can, you're a little bit closer. But, I mean, if you're making it to that level, it's an event and it's a different thing and you gear up yeah, for absolutely. it more and it's the postseason. But I think the, the bigger impact is, is district, um, yeah. you know, day-to-day and could be a lot worse. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. It could be a lot worse. How about you, JT, with the um, with the Louisville ISD district over in six A with um, with District six six A, and obviously, you know Louisville ISD. I mean, the mm-hmm. you know, the proximity there is. I mean, those schools are always going to stay together. And, yeah, and, and then you have Coppell, which is bumps right up on Louisville, so fits in perfectly there. With um, now I forget had had Irving ISD ever been part of a district with Louisville ISD or Coppell beforehand? I think Coppell, but not to my recollection, at least since I've been here, mm-hmm. not with the Louisville schools. No, but traffic wise, I mean, it's not. I mean, I think it's actually even closer than going out to Trinity or LD Bell. I don't think it's not much difference there. Yeah. South Lake's probably about a similar drive for the LASD schools mm-hmm. and Coppell as the Irving schools. So I don't think that's going to make a big difference there. Like I said, I think the Ir- some of the Irving schools might even be a little closer or similar to Bell and mm-hmm. Trinity that the LASD programs were used to over the last two years. Um, I guess the bigger the bigger po- point is Coppell getting back into. Uh, region 1 yeah. after Region 2, so they'll have closer drives to their dis- district games against the Louisville schools, and then in the postseason, it's going to make a big difference after, mm-hmm. you know, it seemed like every single sport in the second round, they were having to go to Waco or Houston or right. something for mm-hmm. a playoff game in the right. second round, and that's not going to ha- have to happen. Maybe Waco at the furthest, maybe. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite then for like Plano ISD and Allen, yeah. which then mm-hmm. shift over from Region 1 to Region 2, you know, especially in those those individual sports like tennis and track and field and stuff like that where, you know, you could just drive, you know, 30 to 45 minutes mm-hmm. to UTA or wherever the, uh, you know, the regional tournaments are being held, and now that's likely going to be a two-hour drive out to Waco. Yeah. Right. And that's really where, if you're looking at then, uh, you know, District 96A, the Plano ISD, Allen, McKinney ISD, uh, Prosper Jesuit District, that's where the real kind of impact comes in from a uh, from a travel standpoint is um, regional competition because looking at the um, the district as a whole I mean with um you know it's no secret that Denton Geyer was kind of a, a geographic outlier yeah. with um you know in the previous iteration of district 66a um, with that you know with with Geyer I mean it was it was at least 30 miles away from every school in 66a with the exception of Plano West and when you factor in you know just rush hour traffic and just the it's already a hassle trying yeah. to drive on 30 Five as yeah. is around that time. Yeah. So when you factor yeah. in, I mean, you had a, a drive like I mean, they were, this wasn't a school that we covered specifically, but like Wiley was also in that district. Yeah. And I mean, you're looking at from Wiley to Guy, I mean, yeah. that's a drive that on some nights will take like an hour and a half yeah. <laughs> to come the kind of traffic that you run into. So it, I mean, it was it's at least you know to have Guy no longer in that equation is going to at least you know make travel a little bit less strenuous on these schools. Um, you know, obviously with you know with you know swapping you know. Pro- not Prosper, but um, you know, Geyer and Wiley out and bringing in Prosper and Jesuit. I mean, the impact there. I mean, Jesuit is it's a school. I mean, Jesuit's been in the district with PISD and Allen and McKinney Boyd before, so there already is some familiarity there from a geographic standpoint. And I'm just um, kind of gauging where Jesuit is relative to the rest of the district. The range is um, it's 10 miles from Plano West all the way up to 26 miles from Prosper and McKinney yeah. ISD. So yeah. 
yeah. nothing, nothing too arduous compared to you know thirty plus miles yeah. for Geyer. It's also uh, something that the girls' sports don't have to deal with either. Anyway, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Great. And then, um, and then uh, you can get using that same uh, that same sample for Prosper. Prosper is closest to uh, to McKinney Boyd, just twelve miles. Its furthest drive would be to Plano East at twenty eight miles. So I mean, if you keep all of your drive times under thirty miles, then I mean that's yeah, I mean that's going to work out for all parties involved. Um, some some notable subplots though from a travel standpoint, at least for uh, for football season. If um if you have a road game at Prosper or at Jesuit, leave early. <laughs> Cannot stress that enough. Um, Prosper is going to have a new football stadium. Um, it's in the works, but it'll be ready for next season, as in the 2019 season. Still got to soldier through one more year at a BW Durham Stadium, which has a capacity of 2,000. <laughs> And it is um for Allen's pretty much um yeah they um see so yeah, if you've never you know been to a game at Prosper before their uh, their stadium is actually it's not on campus it is located behind Reynolds Middle School and when I say it's a stadium that seats you know that has a capacity of two thousand well yeah it's behind a middle school what do you expect um so yeah it's just a case where um yeah if you if you have a road game there and I was just looking over Prosper's uh, Prosper's schedule it looks like uh, McKinney. Jesuit and Plano West are going to be at Prosper for this uh, for this coming season. So as a uh, some food for thought in advance for those those three fan bases, please do yourselves a favor and leave early because seating is uh, not much to pick from when you get to Prosper. That's beyond even limited at that point. I think yeah. for uh, for a six eight football game, I've only covered one game at Prosper at that stadium, and it was a handful of years ago when they were still a four A school. Um, they were playing Lovejoy, and the um, the seating there was so, I mean, the press box doesn't offer much reprieve either from a seating standpoint. I actually had to end up sitting over in the visitor side yeah. <laughs> with my laptop in hand. <laughs> And um, yeah, just out in the uh, out in the open for that game, and it was. I mean, you're cramped between because it was. I mean, Lovejoy had a pretty big, had a pretty big uh, traveling crowd in that one. So I mean, you just tried to squeeze every last bit out of that visitor section as you could. It is not a big stadium at all. But um, you know, next year it'll be a different case. You know, the new stadium's supposed to have a a twelve thousand know, seat capacity, far more in line with a traditional high school stadium these days. But uh, yeah, one more year at BW Durham, and um, yeah. Arrive early. Um, same with uh, same with Jesuit. Their uh, their home stadium, uh, Postel Stadium, has just a capacity of forty five hundred. Um, you know they only host uh, two district games, uh, McKinney and McKinney Boys. So you see the schedules have already kind of been slanted mm-hmm. to where these you know these stadiums they're going on the uh, on a bit of a bit of the short side from a uh, from a capacity standpoint that they um, that they're only going to be hosting just a few district games. But just just some food for thought. Please uh, please leave early. On the other end, you have a school like Allen, which only has two road games right. all season. Period. <laughs> they're at Capella, and then they're going to get. Um, then they visit uh, the new McKinney ISD Stadium when they play uh, McKinney High. Otherwise, they have eight, they have eight <laughs> home games. <laughs> and um, and actually, one of those home games, they actually did have switched to a home game with Jesuit. Like traditionally, what Allen and Jesuit have done, because of obviously the you know the aforementioned issues with uh, you know seating at Jesuit Stadium, is they've tried to schedule a neutral site. Yeah. Um, contest in years past, I believe they used um, they've used SMU back in uh, was 2008 2009 when they were last in the district. Um, unfortunately, they weren't able to bring that together this time around. So um, yeah, they just you know Jesuit was willing to forfeit a, a forfeit game a home game. game. I mean yeah. they'll still get you know compensated yeah. you know for it in some fashion. But um, yeah, Allen has eight home games this coming season. <laughs> um, let's see some of the other uh, other districts of note from a travel standpoint. Um, with uh, you know with the the five A 
say uh, Division One, Division Two split, it was going to be interesting to see which schools ended up getting the short end of the stick from a geographic standpoint and getting lumped in with those uh, the East Texas schools. And um, it looks like at least um, at first glance, um, you know, McKinney North, Mesquite, Poteet, and West Mesquite are going to have. Unfortunately, um, it's football, so you only have to worry about it once. Mm -hmm. You know, potentially for a, for a given school year. But um, you know, McKinney North will have to make a drive out to John Tyler. Um, you know, Mesquite, Poteet will have to make a drive out to Texas High, out in Texarkana. Um, West Mesquite gets off easy this year. They don't have to. They host both of those schools, but that likely means that from a scheduling standpoint, they'll have to hit the road for both of those matchups um, next year. Um, let's see. As far as any of these other districts go, um, you know, Carrollton Farmers Branch kind of comes out with a. Uh, I don't think mm -hmm. there should be much of a much of an issue from a travel standpoint with no. them being, you know, relocated to uh, to DISD for yeah. all the uh, non-football sports. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty much the same there. We've been in the with those teams before, so nothing nothing too uh, drastic there. Some trips to Laos and mm -hmm. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like though, from the uh, of all the uh, you know the districts that kind of came up, just kind of on the short end of the stick from a uh, from a travel standpoint. And we don't cover any of these schools, so we won't have much affiliation with this district. But District Three Six A, which is the district with um, Euless Trinity, Richland, LD Bell, Halton, all based kind of in the same cluster, and then they're in the same district as Abilene and San Angelo Central. A nice. Uh, this is the district yeah. I was thinking of when I said it could be a lot worse. This is <laughs> the one that just flashes into my mind, just thinking about that. Because that's uh, yeah, I mean, for folks who have never made the drive out to San Angelo Central, that is a uh, that is every bit a four-hour drive, and it is um, so yeah. And they're not only having to do that for uh, it's a six-a district, so it's not like it's just for you know just for football or anything like that. No, it's like that for all eight standings-based sports in six-a. Yeah. Uh, it's you know no wonder San Angelo ISD initially appealed that uh, <laughs> yeah. appealed that verdict. It uh, didn't um, didn't get him anywhere, so they'll still have to still have to uh, you know to fight through that for the coming school year. But yes, that district from a geographic standpoint, a little bit tougher on the, uh, from a mileage and from a, because uh, you had to wonder, I mean, just what are like, what are road crowds even going to look like for that district? Non-existent, you um, would think. No. Yeah. I mean, you're talking I mean, about having to leave at 2 o'clock for a volleyball or a basketball oh, yeah. game or something. So yeah, I guess, um, were there any other districts of note that kind of jumped out at y'all from a geographic standpoint, or we touched on no, all of them? That was, that was the one. crazy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, when you, that makes the, the colony to Northwest Drive, even at its worst, look mm -hmm. uh, pretty simple. Quick little jot across compared to <laughs> compared to that, and then you've got some districts that just like nothing changed. I mean, if you're um, you know, if you're Mesquite ISD, um, at least at the six A level, I mean, District Eleven Six A stayed exact. Actually, it almost kind of maybe got a tad bit easier, even though the district stayed exactly the same. You um, you know, they lose one uh, you know, one uh, one less trip out to out to Tyler with John Tyler getting bumped down to five A, and then you've got the uh, you know the Garland ISD trio. Things actually came out much better for Wiley from a geographic standpoint because now instead of having to make it's not like drives to you know to Allen and McKinney right. ISD or, or or a painter or anything. That's the only the only trip that was beating for them was was Geyer, as yeah. we mentioned previously. But with them being in the in District 10 5A with the Garland ISD schools, that's going to be because yeah, all those schools are within like you know five ten minutes of each other. I guess to uh, to touch on Brian's coverage areas a little bit, um, Salina they add Melissa, which makes a lot of sense. I think mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of like Salina, Melissa, Anna, even Argyle. That district's mm -hmm. not bad in 7 4A. Um, 
them. I think they they came out pretty well, and then obviously the Frisco schools. Yeah. All just they just they get to make the trip across town. So I think if if we're going to take the opposite mm-hmm. of the the poor San Angelo programs that have to travel hours and hours for all of their games, yeah, San Angelo just needs the Frisco, to <laughs> the Frisco schools got to cut like fifteen minutes. Yeah, they just need to furthest. revamp their entire model and just build. <laughs> yeah, <have laughs> just build eight nice to ten models. different high schools in that area to right. mitigate any of these problems going forward. So that's uh, yeah, let's look at just some of the uh, some of the travel um, subplots for the um, for the upcoming school year for a few of our athletic districts. Um, we've got another uh, a bit of a more lighthearted um, question around this out, and we will touch on that after a word from the sponsor. Today's Student Athlete Spotlight is brought to you by Bavarian Grill, authentic Bavarian food and beer garden. Listed by the Zagat Survey as the highest rated German restaurant in Texas for 12 years in a row. 12 years! That's three presidential terms. Uh, you can enjoy traditional and authentic spring favorites now. Everything from appetizers like slow-roasted ham hock and potato pancakes to entrees like bratwurst or breaded schnitzel. Uh, bring your whole family for lunch and dinner. They are open Tuesday through Saturday located off Parker and Highway 75 in Plano, Bavarian Grill. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And let's round this out with a uh, with one more entry from our ongoing summer question series. This question is um is a bit more a bit more random, more of a hypothetical than anything. Name an athlete in one of your districts that could succeed in a sport he or she doesn't currently play at the varsity level. Always a fun question when we roll this out. A chance to kind of think outside the box and uh, kind of theorize just how some different athletes would look under a completely different, uh, you know, different spotlight from an athletic standpoint. Justin, where did you land on this uh, this hypothetical? Well, I got two for my different markets. Mm-hmm. So we'll start in 5A, and I think that. We talk about this player a lot, but I think Jada Coleman could be a quite a good girls basketball player. Um, she's awesome in everything she does, so I don't see her in basketball. She's a hey, couldn't couldn't rule out that she's probably played that she was probably a really good basketball I, player and just had to draw the line somewhere. I know for a fact that Coach Pastizic over there w- w- tr- was efforting to get her to play yeah. basketball, but she's already all district volleyball. All world softball. They're probably trying to get her to play just about yeah. everything. Gets or at least area, they were. Yeah, gets to area regionals and track and field. So I, there's no doubt in my mind she would be an awesome girls basketball <laughs> player. I mean, she's super athletic, quick, very competitive. So I know she yeah. would put in the work. So yeah, I think she would be there. And then in 6A, um, got tennis on my mind with Wimbledon going down this week. So okay. I think uh, Flower Mound Hooper Hoopster Caleb Loner. Interesting. A good okay. uh, tennis player. He's. Okay. He's got the height. I think he would have a real powerful serve and ground strokes with his height. He's got the lateral movement. Definitely got the agility and the okay. lateral movement to stop and start. I know he could cover a lot of ground, and I know he would be very hard to pass when he gets to the net. So <laughs> if he puts the work in and had a, with yeah. a racket, I think he would be a very good tennis player. It'd be the. I wonder how often we've had a basketball to tennis basketball tennis. Yeah, yeah. transition in high school I athletics. Say, I haven't seen rarely. too many tennis players <laughs> playing other sports, but yeah. How about you, Taylor? Where'd you land on this one? Oh, man. Well, I guess looking at 9-6-A, um, there were really several options. Mm-hmm. Uh, just seeing, uh, sometimes I look at quarterbacks like Plano West, potential starter Will Cannon, mm-hmm. just the lengthy, prototypical quarterback with an arm like that and, and a name like Cannon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I and I want to I stick him <laughs> on a mound just kind of due to, to my background. So I think he could probably hold his own 
if you uh, put a baseball in his hand and, and gave him a little bit of mechanic work, I think he could probably be pretty decent for the baseball team. Um, I think Jalen Anderson is one of those guys for the Plano East football team that could probably do just about yeah. <laughs> anything. I think he's officially listed on the basketball roster. But, he was last year. But I think I think he could uh, have a pretty pretty big role with, with mm-hmm. his, his uh, high jump hops and his ability to go up and get the football. Um, but I eventually landed on uh, Allen, six foot two, uh, basketball star and already national recruit Zoe McCrary, um, who I would probably just stick in the middle of the volleyball team and just <laughs> just, teach her, just yeah. teach her how to jump up and and uh, to make uh, make some blocks. Probably teach her how to make some kills with with her height. I think that she would uh, fit right in. Mm-hmm. As you informed me, that was kind of a cop out for this answer. This <laughs> <laughs> my first well, year that, doing no, this. That's, really like, what this, yeah, that's uh-huh. what the exercise is. Is a lot of times. It's just like taking various athletic profiles yeah. and just kind of projecting how they would work, you know, in a different sport. I think being six foot two and being oh, able yeah. to jump would absolutely work. So give me Zoe McCurry. Yes, because I know that was one of the examples that Tim, uh, that you know, your predecessor Tim Glaze used last year. With he actually went the uh, you know the reverse. He took you know Lauren Dooley, who was a six four you know middle blocker for the uh, for the Plano's volleyball team. And like, I mean, why wouldn't you, right. <laughs> you try yeah. to you know put her out on the basketball court? And sure enough, you know the head coach Sherilyn Morris had inquired about, you know, well, getting, So you said this uh, was hypothetical, yeah, but getting Warren to try calls at Allen, and, and I hear that McCray, no, the thing, like at the high school level, if you're just a, if you're just a natural athlete, then yeah. I mean that, like, uh, I feel like the, you know, the lower you get on the athlete, on like from professional to college to prep and whatnot, that the great, the more, the more your athleticism is highlighted, the yeah. easier it is to kind of ease in and just just impact a sport. Yeah, well, that's versus yeah. just like having like, you know, whether you've played that sport your entire life or you're yeah. just trying to pick it up on the fly. Right. Well, like JT, I mean, we didn't do an eight, uh, five eight. Question for this specifically, but if we had, I probably would have caught up there and to just said, you know, Ryan Depperschmidt from Lake Dallas could, could probably do just about anything. anything. To. He's already the starting quarterback and, and a huge member of the baseball team, and could probably just fit in wherever you wanted him if if he was so inclined. So I mean, that's another easy answer, like Jada. But I mean, when somebody's that athletic. Why not? Why not just stick them in every possible competitive event you can and, and take advantage of their four years, I guess. If sports didn't overlap, I bet a lot of them would. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. My uh, my entry for this, and I actually pulled a name that you mentioned prior. As far as just taking, you know, just various athletic profiles and just kind of wondering how they would work, you don't see too many. Well, if you do see a uh, you know a football player make the transition to soccer during the springtime, it's usually the team's kicker. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I decided to roll with Plano East standout wide receiver Jalen Anderson as a uh, as a potential goalkeeper for the Plano East okay. boys soccer team. When you factor in, you know, just like and you look at the profile, you know, six two, six three, height wise. He can high jump six eight, which is I mean We're just, just ridiculous me. to just consider. Um, you watch him on the football field and just the catch radius that he has, his ability to win jump balls, and just again how quickly he's able to move side to side. I mean, who's winning a fifty fifty ball against Jalen Anderson yeah. in the box <laughs> off uh, off a set piece? I mean, and who cares if he? I don't. I don't know if Jalen Anderson kick a soccer ball. He might, but if he can't, right. then oh well. You've. I mean, you have teams that use yeah. a separate player to handle goal kicks, anyways. Yeah. So yeah, I think that Jalen Anderson would have the potential to be just an absolutely terrifying we'll goalkeeper. Who knows? They may see this podcast and he may show up. Who um, knows? Some other examples. Um, you know, Kendrick Johnson. We asked him. You know, what he would pick for this. He rolled with uh, McKinney High's Andrew Pitts, who's already a two-sport star, plays football and basketball. Thinks though that um, you know. 
he has the potential with his skill set to be a, an elite high jumper for the track team. Um, There's Ken- precedent. Kendrick we just th- talked about yeah. it happens. Yeah, Kendrick adds that Andrew is, uh, is very coachable. He's, he has a near 40-inch vertical and is very explosive despite being under 6 feet tall. And, I mean, yeah, high jumpers, I mean, obviously, yes, explosiveness is yeah. pretty much paramount right. to being a good high jumper. Um, you know, Brian Murphy pulled a couple for this. You know, he projects Prosper uh, basketball star Josh Davis as having the mold to, uh, you know, to kind of mesh as a potential quarterback or receiver on the football team. Um, ditto for, uh, you know, for Frisco uh, Liberty basketball Zion Richardson, the reigning district MVP on the boys' side, he's six foot four, and I mean, obviously, if you put you know six foot four out wide, mm-hmm. you know, pretty physically imposing frame as is. You know, they've kind of using the parallel of Nolan Matthews at Frisco Reedy, who's six foot six, recently committed to Arizona State. Um, you know, Z- <laughs> there, uh, you know, Zion Richardson has the uh, you know should have the skill set to kind of fit in you know seamlessly with the football team should he ever choose to do so. And then I'm um, also Frisco uh, Frisco high hurdler Simone Watkins, who's just I mean maybe you know one of the best athletes. Athletes at Frisco High, period, and like we've talked about, you know, you just take that athleticism yeah. and you can just you can mold a uh, you know a basketball player, a volleyball player out of out of that profile for sure. So yeah, that's uh, that's some uh, some fun with hypotheticals, wondering uh, some athletes that could uh, could succeed in some sports that they do not currently play at the varsity level, and that will do it for this edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. We'll be back on Monday with a, another edition of the of the varsities and the uh, sticking with the theme from last Monday as we pull another. Uh, another category from our ongoing high school sports award series and uh, discuss amongst ourselves um, some of our selections for that particular category. We'll be back on Monday. Otherwise, folks, I'm Justin Taylor. Appreciate y'all for tagging along. Folks, you enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to y'all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.